listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Thursday the 17th of March 2022 from the SBS Newsroom. This is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Later, Australia's unemployment rate falls to a near 14-year low, what that means for the economy and interest rates. But let's start with US interest rates, which the US Federal Reserve lifted by 25 basis points. It's the first lift in the official cash rate there in three years, and the Fed signalled six more rises this year to combat inflation. For more, I spoke earlier with Evan Lucas from InvestSmart and first asked him just how significant this move is. Uh, Significant from the point of view that it's so much harder than what they were telling us in December. So if you look at that Those six more rate rises means that every single meeting they're going to have this year, they're going to raise the interest rates at least 25 basis points, so 0.251% every single time. That is really hard and quite fast, if you're really honest with how it is. They have a very, very interesting scenario now too, where the other thing about inflation, which is now what they're trying to control, is that it is well and truly ahead of where they want it. So they want inflation at 2%. And currently, the inflation they actually care about, not the headline inflation, which is above seven, their main inflation is about 6%. So we're 4%, full 4% about where they need it. So even 25 basis points of rate rises is probably like throwing a tiny bucket on a fire. Like it is, it's going to require so much more work. And that's what the market is worried about is that they are going to hike quickly. But does it actually stop inflation? Probably not. Does it impact growth? Yes, it will. And it also comes at a time we've got a war in Ukraine, and that's something, I guess, that wasn't happening the, the previous times the um, the FOMC was meeting. So given these rate rises could it and, and rising consumer prices, could it tip the US into recession? It's, there's a possibility. I mean, they, they, let's also probably highlight very clearly the US is growing incredibly strongly. So you are talking about growth rates that are above 4% um, in where they are. And even with this revising what's just happened with the rate rise, it's probably likely that in the first quarter they're going to grow by a minimum of 35 to 4% still. But you're right, supply chain issues are going to be there, the disruptions, and even the FOMC made a whole paragraph in their statement around the crisis in Ukraine. So they are fully aware that this is part and parcel with the new world that they're having to deal with. But in saying that, they are clear that unemployment is at incredibly low levels, growth is still robust, wages in the US, unlike here in Australia, are growing quite significantly. All of those, they believe, can actually absorb an increase in interest rates. What we don't know, however, is particularly towards the back end of the year, as a China zero COVID policy continues to play out, the longer the issue around Ukraine plays out and higher rates, what that all means, does it actually mean that the average American does start to actually pull the purse in and stop so fast they do create a crash. There isn't any signs of that, but with the current world we live in, it's not off the cards because people are still very, very jittery about the world that we've lived in for the last two and a half years. Okay, so what we do know at the very least is that interest rates are rising. Um, In the US, obviously, uh, they're potentially rising here in Australia from the middle of this year. So what does a higher interest rate environment, let's take the US especially because it's the one that drives investments around the world, what does it mean for investments and markets both internationally and locally? 
So let's have a look at that from the point of view that you need to probably break it out. The one thing that's really interesting, and you've already started to see it, is that particularly services and banking will actually slightly benefit from this. And the reason investors move into banking is that things like net interest margins, the, the actual profit that banks make on their overall lending gets better. So that is already started to be seen. You've seen that inflow. You look at a Bank of America, you look at a JP Morgan, you look at a Wells Fargo, you look here in Australia, similar story. So that that trend has started to happen. So interest rate rises are actually good for banks. The caveat to that is that it obviously slows down new lending. It slows down new expenditure and possible business lending where they don't take out as much risk that they have before. But overall, it is seen as a positive for banking. The other side is that it's on growth. It's a handbrake on growth. Growth needs a low interest environment because the way they're expanding is tending to be borrowing, investing heavily and quickly in their business and expanding at a very, very rapid rate. That's why they call growth companies and growth stocks. That all of a sudden can't happen at the same level or same clip that we've seen in the past couple of years. So tech stocks have already been pricing this. You look at what's gone on in the NASDAQ over the last six months and realistically in the last three. I mean, it's been in and out of a bear market for the last couple of weeks because not just the Ukraine crisis, but around where the US Federal Reserve is going. So they're the two ways to look at how the market is actually trying to price it. Value stocks, services, growth stocks, tech, they are telling you that. But it's also, again, it's just the general economy. The whole idea of raising interest rates is to slow down people's behavior. It's to slow down spending. It's to slow down risk. It's to slow down taking on levels of debt that probably get to a point of, of risk taking. So all of those, all of those mean, if you look at it, it is designed to slow things down and all markets will feel that. It'll be a slower economy, therefore a slower growth. That was Evan Lucas there from Invest Smart talking about the US interest rates, which was risen by, which was lifted by uh, 25 basis points. Now, interest rates in Australia could soon rise because Australia's economy is also surging ahead. Inflation is becoming a bit of an issue, but we also saw the unemployment today uh, fall from 4.2% to 4% in February, 77,000 jobs created in the month. That means around about 400,000 thousand positions were created over the past year the participation rate is at a record high so the big question is will this lead to wages growth and further add to inflation for more i spoke earlier with carlos cacho he's the chief economist at jardin carlos first of all how would you describe the state of australia's labor force at the moment look uh today's data confirms what we thought you know, going into this year is that the labour market is incredibly strong. Any way you cut the data today, um, it's, you know, whether it's unemployment, whether it's hours work, whether it's underutilisation um, or jobs, it's looking like a very strong labour market recovery and the leading indicators are all suggesting it's going to continue. One of those um, parts of the reports, the participation rate, a record high of 66.4%. What does that suggest about the labour market? It suggests we're not seeing the same kind of great resignation that, that's flowed through the US. We're not seeing a restriction in the supply of labour. And what we're seeing is that um, a very strong labour market and, and, pick up, and a pickup in wages is pulling more people in who maybe uh, were sitting on the sidelines previously. And importantly, we're really seeing a very strong rise in participation in, um, for women, uh, which is now at a record level as well. Now, this data encapsulate February, which saw a lot of the Omicron impact. 
how did Omicron impact to the labor, in the labour force? Because is the workforce as productive as it could be? And this data, it doesn't necessarily cover the floods, does it? Uh, look, look, no, the, the survey is taken at the beginning, um, kind of around the beginning of February, so it's not going to include the impact of the floods. Um, we did see a, a more severe impact of Omicron in, in January, where hours worked were down by about 9%. We saw most of that fall rebound in February, but we still saw a, a much larger share than normal of people who were working less hours or no hours because of illness. Um, so it's still having an impact there. Um, we're not quite back to the, the level of hours work that we were at at December before Omicron really hit the labour market, um, but we're certainly uh, looking a lot stronger than we were in January. Okay, so looking forward, as the borders reopen, migration bills... Can the unemployment rate continue to fall and to what level? Look, at the moment, I, th I think it can. Uh, we're not expecting we're going to see a tsunami of migration come in. I think migration is going will pick up, but it's going to be gradual. And we've also got to remember that reopening of borders goes two ways. There's going to be people, um, you know, Australians who may be looking to, to move overseas, to work overseas. Normally, there's, there's quite, a, quite a flow um, in both directions. Our expectation is that the unemployment rate can probably keep, um, keep pushing down, you know, down to the mid or low threes over the next two years. Um, and I think certainly we'll be seeing it uh, below 4% in the next month or two. So that's one part of the equation for what the RBA wants to see before it starts lifting interest rates. But the other thing, are we seeing evidence that this low unemployment rate is putting pressure on wages? Look, so far, the evidence in the data has been, has been limited. Um, the official wage price measures have picked up from where they were during COVID, but only back to where they were um, in 2019. So we're not seeing a step up from there. Anecdotally, there's certainly plenty of evidence of strong wage rises across a, a range of sectors, uh, but it's not fully coming through in the data yet. Um, but I think we, we are going to see that come through this year. If we look at um, one of the key leading indicators for wages, the underutilisation rate, which includes unemployed people as well as those who would like to work more hours, um, that's around uh, the lowest since 2008. And that's consistent with wages growth picking up towards um, 8%. The important thing to remember with wages in Australia is that we do have a lot of wages that are set by the minimum or award wage system, which is a uh, resets in July each year, and then another 40% that's also set by enterprise bargaining agreements. And, and those just take a little bit longer to adjust, but we'd expect that over the next year, we do start to see enterprise um, awards, uh, enterprises and awards show higher wages, certainly with, with inflation running um, above 3%. You'd expect that minimum wages are going to have a bit of a larger rise this year than last year. So putting all of that together, what does it mean for local interest rates and why? Well, interest rates are certainly going to be going up. Um, we've got a, a very strong economy that really doesn't need emergency stimulus anymore. In our view, we'll probably see the first rate hike in the second half of the year. We've, we're penciling in September at the moment, but it's very fluid depending on, on how the data comes in for the labour market and, and how strong inflation um, is. I think the RBA is, is still a little bit cautious. They really want to ensure that we're, we're seeing not just headline inflation rise, but really seeing... Um, the labour market tightened to drive sufficient wages growth. And um, the, the, the key thing to remember is, yes, rising rates are a, a handbrake on the economy, but it's happening because the economy is so strong because the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in, you know, the equal lowest it's been in over 40 years. And um, because growth is strong, you know, we're not, we're not seeing the RBA hike rates because the economy is weak. It's because um, they think the economy can, can handle it. The other key event of the year is the uh, federal election. Will the election come into play when lifting interest rates? 
Look, um, the RBA will always say that they don't play politics and that it, it won't impact their decision. Um, in our view, we don't think they'll have the data they want to see to hike rates um, before May. So I don't think it's going to come, come into play there. That's Carlos Cantor there, the Chief Economist at Jardin. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 